Welcome to this episode of TBR, a series of the EBPL Footnotes podcast. TBR stands for To Be Read, that pile of books sitting on your nightstand, bookshelf or table just waiting to be read. This is the podcast for people who embody the phrase, so many books, so little time, and for those who want to ignite a love for reading. Every month, we'll be highlighting a few of the new items coming to the EVPL collection, from books to movies to our library of things. So we're joined today by Caitlin Tobin. Caitlin, tell us what you do at the library. Yeah, so I am the assistant manager slash children's librarian at our Oakland location, and I will start that role on the 9th. Oh, so by the time this podcast comes out, you'll be in your new role. Yes, I will. Excited? I am very excited. That's awesome. We're looking forward to seeing what comes out of that. All right, so we're going to talk about uh, new things coming to the library collection in the coming month. And so I want you to go first. What are your top picks? What caught your eye as you looked at the new things coming in? Well, I cheated a little and I looked for one of my favorite authors on the list because I know he usually puts out a book around this time. Uh, Riley Sager has a new one coming out, but not till June, The House Across the Lake. Ooh. So I loved all of his other picks or books. The Survive the Night, Final Girls, Home Before Dark were my favorites, but he's written more than that. Um, so in this one, Casey Fletcher, a recently widowed actress trying to escape a streak of bad press, has retreated to the peace and quiet of her family's lake house in Vermont. And armed with a pair of binoculars and several bottles of bourbon, she passes the time <laughs> watching Tom and Catherine Royce, the glamorous couple living in the house across the lake. One day on the lake, Casey saves Catherine from drowning and the two strike up a budding friendship. But the more they get to know each other and the longer Casey watches, it becomes clear that Catherine and Tom's marriage isn't as perfect as it appears. When Catherine suddenly vanishes, Casey immediately suspects Tom of foul play. So it sounds very rear window. I was just going to say that. In the window. I was just going to say, because rear window was one of my all time favorite classic movies. And I'm not a big classic movie person, but I really like that one. And that made me think the same thing. Yeah. So it, very excited for this one. His books always have, not spoiling anything, but they always have a twist or there's more to it than meets the eye. And they usually get me. So I usually can't figure it out until the end. So I'm very excited for this one. So the occupational hazard of me being a part of this podcast is I add more and more and more books that I need to read <laughs> and no more time than I had before. Yes. <laughs> so my pick of things that are coming up is, and this is outside of my normal pick, but it just really caught my attention. It's called When Women Were Dragons by Kelly Barnell. And it, there was what is referred to as the mass dragoning of 1955, when 300,000 women suddenly transformed into dragons. And it's a subject that's now taboo to discuss in the culture. <laughs> And so I, I read the information on the back and I, and I like to play. I have my favorite genres. Um, but I also like to dabble a little bit in things that are, you know, outside my wheelhouse. And this had just enough to intrigue me, even though it's not my normal fare. So is it like a, like a fantasy kind of sci-fi? I think it's, yeah, but set in like modern, real life. I, I believe, as I recall, the setting was in England. Mm-hmm. 
or the UK. And, you know, it's just kind of one of those things that are not spoken of, but everybody knows that happened. And so I'm really curious about how it happened, why it happened, and why are people so uh, reluctant to discuss that it happened. So that sounds really interesting. I'm not usually a big fantasy reader because trying to understand the world we live in is difficult enough. (laughs) True, true. I can learn about a whole different world on a different planet or a different time. But that sounds like someone I could definitely get into. What's the next step on your choice? This one I got as an ARC, an advanced reader copy at the Public Library Association conference in March. It's called Hidden Pictures by Jason Rekulak, I think is how you say his name. So in this one, the premise is a young lady is a babysitter for a little boy, and he is very into drawing. And in the advanced reader copy, I haven't seen the final copy yet, but they're are pictures throughout little children's drawings. But as she goes through with her babysitting gig, she's starting to realize there's something weird about the pictures. Mm. He seems to be drawing things that aren't there, things that are gruesome, mm. and there's more to it than meets the eye. So it's a horror book for sure. And basically Mallory has to, that's the babysitter, has to figure out the mystery in order to save the child. Interesting. So I just liked the idea of the pictures combined with the story. So you could actually see what the child is drawing as the book goes along. So it definitely, definitely makes it a little creepier. Mm, That does sound almost deliciously spooky. Yes. I love horror. It's one of my favorite things to read besides suspense. I am not a true hardcore horror fan, although I've read Stephen King and some of those in, in, in times, but I do love a good spooky story. I guess it just depends on how raw and edgy it is for me to be in my comfort zone, but I love a good spooky kind of creepy story, and that sounds like it falls in that wheelhouse. Yeah, I bet you would like Jennifer McMahon. I believe that's how you say her last name. She writes very suspenseful, spooky books. They're not ones that are gross out or gory or anything like that. It's more atmospheric horror. Mm-hmm. See, I, see, I like yeah. gothic fiction because it's mm-hmm. got that kind of vibe yes. without being entirely gruesome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's finding that part of the spectrum that I like. So, yes. <laughs> so my next choice and nobody who's listened to this podcast for any length of time will find this one surprising. I love literary spinoffs and this is one it's called the murder of Mr. Wickham by Claudia Gray. Um, it's a Jane Austen slash Agatha Christie fusion kind of novel. And there's characters from at least three different Jane Austen novels in the, there's a, well, Mr. Wickham is from Pride and Prejudice, but it's also features the couple from, um, Emma and then also some char- spinoff characters from Northanger Abbey. And so I love, uh, the literary classics and I also love Agatha Christie and I, and I'm a big fan of the murder mystery genre. So this just clicks all my boxes. So I will definitely be reading this as soon as it becomes available. Yeah. Sounds interesting. And my next pick, this one is actually already out. And many of you, if you listen to NPR or follow their book list, it's probably already on your radar, but for the rest of us, 
It's called Unlikely Animals by Annie Hartnett. And this is a new author for me. Um, She has written other works, but I haven't read her yet. It's a little outside of what I would normally read, um, but the premise just sounded really interesting. So the main character, Emma, has to go back home to help care for her father, who's dying of a brain disease. He is a... He is seeing like animals, like hallucinations of little animals Interesting. everywhere he goes. So Emma comes home, is dealing with that when her high school best friend goes missing. And the cops are not interested in investigating it because she has drug problems, mental health problems, you know, mm-hmm, all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Something easily dismissed. Exactly. So they just dismiss her. So Emma decides she is going to figure out what happened to her friend as she's caring for her dying father and dealing with a whole bunch of other family drama. Wow. So it just sounds really interesting, really timely, especially in the midst of the opioid crisis. Right. Everything, right. You know, small towns and their problems and everything. So it just sounded really timely and really interesting Mm -hmm. as well. It's got that mystery aspect and I love mysteries. Oh, me too. Yeah. I have, I can't say I'm single minded in my reading. I I do kind of bounce around a little bit, but mysteries is always one that's, it's probably about every other book when I'm reading and maybe (laughs) sometimes more than that, you know, because I have a couple of series I've started that I'm really enjoying and I'm trying to pace myself because I have other books on my radar as well. (laughs) So I go, okay, after you finish this one, you can read the next one in that series. So my next pick is we measure the earth with our bodies and I'm not going to pronounce this properly. I'm going to try Tsering Yangzom Lama. And it's the novel of a family that's fleeing the Chinese occupation of Tibet. And I really like books that help me see through the eyes of another culture, another family, another life experience. And this is a family that after uh, China had invaded and occupied Tibet, their family escaped over the Himalaya mountains. However, only the two sisters survived. It's actually fiction, but based on that. And so the two sisters do survive and escape, but they eventually lead very different lives. And this book is about them reconnecting and talking about the things that they experienced and the family legacy that is laid out for them as they reconnect. So I, I'm really interested. I, I am interested in that part of the world and got to have a trip once that was right up to the border of Tibet, but I didn't actually, because foreigners aren't permitted into Tibet. And so I'm really curious about the ramifications and the different aspects and the first person point of view of, actually, I don't know what this is, is written in first person. However, it's more like when you read that character, whether it's written first person or not, it's like you embody that experience. And yes, so it yes. gives you at least what you'd call a front row seat. So I'm, I'm really interested in exploring that. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, the winner of the Caldecott medal for this year, Watercress. Mm-hmm. I believe it's by Andrea Wang. Okay. I think that's her name. I apologize if I didn't get it right, but it's about a Chinese immigrant family who comes over. The parents come over and in the book, it's a picture book, beautiful art. That's why it won the Caldecott. The Caldecott is for the best drawings or art in a picture book. 
it's a beautiful story. So the family is going along the road and they stop and they get out of the car and they start picking watercress from the ditch. And the little girl in the book is just so ashamed and embarrassed that her family is doing this. Mm. You know, she's like, I have hand-me-down clothes. We're poor. We have to get our food from the ditch. This is ridiculous. So they take the watercress home and they wash it and prepare it for dinner. And the girl at first refuses to eat it. She wants to eat the vegetables from the grocery store like all her friends do. Mm -hmm. But her mother starts telling her the story of why they came to America because they were starving. Mm -hmm. It was during that time. So in the book, and you can see it through the pictures, they have the mom and the dad and the two little kids all sitting around the table. And then in the next frame, one of the little boys is gone because Mm -hmm. he had starved to death. Wow. Her uncle. That was her uncle. So, you know, eventually she learns to be grateful for right. her family and what they have rather than being ashamed. That just really reminded me of that. I think it's great that all these different books about different cultures and different peoples are coming out for both kids and adults. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. That's one of the things that I like most about reading is, especially when I read a different culture or a different time in history, it's like I get to at least on a very mild level experience that or see through the eyes of someone who experienced it. And so I always found that just really compelling to read. So next up on my list is The Stardust Thief by Chelsea Abdullah, inspired by the story 1001 Nights. And so it involves, and I'm not giving too much away. I'm just kind of doing the highlights. These are the things that when I read, I go, ooh, I might, you know, uh, it involves a gin, a cowardly prince, a powerful sultan, and a thief who deals in illegal magic. Yeah. And so I really enjoy, and I'm sure I've also mentioned this on prior podcasts before, but I really enjoy the folktales of other cultures. I, I really, really enjoy reading, you know, not just the tales that we grew up with. And so this, this falls within that wheelhouse. You know, this is the Middle Eastern kind of culture, the jinn, the sultans and the, all the aspects of that. And you get to see, you know, I, I guess it goes back to my just really enjoying seeing the worldview and of another land when you see their folk tales and their lore and their myths, it gives you insight into, you know, the way they view the world and how they overcome things and how they struggle just like the rest of us do, but how their approach to is it might be in a different point of view than ours. I, I enjoy reading that. Yes, definitely. I have a book club that I go out to the Ark of Evansville with once a month. And anytime we get done with our book, I usually pick a book that's about a fifth grade reading level since they are adults with intellectual disabilities and other kinds of disabilities. If the book is about a different culture, I like to try and find a children's fable from that culture. Oh, I can read to them. brilliant so idea. This last time we read Hello Universe by Aaron Kelly and Trotta. And in the book, the little boy Victor is from the Philippines. That's where his family is from. So mm-hmm. I read a Filipino tale about a chicken who took a gold ring from a hawk and lost it. And so he's constantly searching for the ring. And that's why the chickens bob in the dirt. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I (laughs) I feel like almost every fable came up like a little kid goes, why do chickens bob in the dirt like that? And somebody (laughs) goes, well, the, the storyteller (laughs) of the village or the one that just wanted the kid to be still and quiet for a minute goes, 
Let's see. Oh, oh, I know. <laughs> there was this hawk and there was this chicken and there was a gold ring, you know. And so I, I love that. I think that sounds great. And I love that you incorporate that into that program. That's that's a really brilliant idea. All right. So these are quick mentions. I'm not going to go into great detail on them, but they're things that just kind of popped up on my radar. There's a sequel to the book Woman of Troublesome Creek that was very popular book. And so the sequel is coming out, The Book Woman's Daughter uh, by Kim Michelle Richardson. So for those of you who really enjoyed The Book Woman of Troublesome Creek, the sequel is coming out and I would just go on to your account and go ahead and place that hold now. <laughs> Yeah, I think every library in the U.S. did a book club about that one. (laughs) I definitely sat in on a book club discussion on that book. Okay, and just because I'm very random, I'm putting on hold a Portugal the Cookbook hold because I enjoy um, experimenting with my cooking every now and then. And I really love the different ethnic foods. And so not that I could properly recreate Portuguese cooking in my own kitchen. I still love to play with different flavors and find new favorites. And so that'll be something I'll take home and see if I can't choose at least a recipe or two to play with. Oh my gosh, it sounds amazing. I have never done Portuguese cooking. I've done a lot of Chinese, Indian, Mexican, but never Portuguese. Yeah, exactly. And I'm the same way. Those are, those are all ones that I have cooked or played with. And, but I like to kind of expand a little further out. So when I saw that on the list, I'm like, Oh, I haven't ever tried Portuguese. I wonder what that's like. So we're going to see what we come up with. I might give you, I might share a recipe if it really is a hit. (laughs) So for another pick that's coming up, I also got this as an advanced reader copy from the Public Library Association Conference, Just Like Mother by Anne Heltzel. And so this is the summary. The last time Maeve saw her cousin was the night she escaped the cult they were raised in. The past two decades, Maeve has worked hard to build a normal life in New York City, where she keeps everything and everyone at a safe distance. When Andrea suddenly reappears, Maeve regains the only true friend she's ever had. Soon she's spending more time at Andrea's remote Catskills estate than in her own cramped apartment. The more Maeve immerses herself in Andrea's world, the more disconnected she feels from her life back in the city, and the cousin's increasing attachment triggers memories Maeve has fought hard to bury. But confronting the terrors of her childhood may be the only way for Maeve to transcend the nightmares still to come. So again, another horror, another mystery. I almost picked that one. I was, when I was going through and I was look, reading the different titles and I, I saw that and I, I was just, because I have to narrow, I can't pick them all. Yes. <laughs> and so I almost picked that one. So I'm glad that you picked it. I, I have a real interest in any um, cult escaping type of books. <laughs> Uh, whether fiction or nonfiction, I read Educated, and I found that really, really good. So that was another one that was super big. Yes, yes, and and deserved. I remember when I got my hands on it and read it, I was it just was really enthralling all the way through. I really enjoyed it. Enjoyed's not the right word for a book like that. <laughs> uh, I got a lot from it. Yes, there you go. I got a lot from that book, and and I learned a lot from that book. Uh, Another quick mention is Born to be Hanged by Keith Thompson. Now, this is good for fans of David McCullough, who writes historical nonfiction, and Nathaniel Philbrook, he also writes historical nonfiction. This is based on the Gentleman Pirates, 
who raided the South Seas. And so Born to be Hanged is about these pirates and their their culture, the gentleman pirates. I I have a hard time putting those two words together. Because they have like really big hats or something that makes them <laughs> gentlemen pirates. <laughs> there is the romantic version of pirates and then there's the historical but i do believe and piracy is not something i have studied in depth <laughs> really? i mean halloween you know maybe but i do believe that there were those who fancied themselves gentlemen and and they had a quote-unquote personal code of conduct that they probably adhered to that they would consider made them not just a thief and a thug, but a gentleman. Is that accurate? Is that true? Is that a thing they told themselves? This is the book to read if you want to find out that answer. Yes, so I, I find I would find that interesting, you know, because, you know, it was romanticized. And oh, sure. even during the time period, they were both feared, but also romanticized. And so it would be interesting to see just exactly how that truly played out. Yeah, I know they had their own laws and everything. And a lot of them were just trying to rise above their station. In life, true. That's true. And when your choices are limited and that's one of the, you know, choices, then sometimes you feel like you have no other options. And they did have, I mean, anybody who's watched Pirates of the Caribbean yes. knows <laughs> the word parlay. Yes, I was just going to say that. <laughs> what, what was that word? That's and, and then every, all the other pirates got really mad because they all felt honor bound to honor you wouldn't feel like a pirate felt honor bound to anything, but they did recognize certain codes. I mean, I don't know how much this book will go into that aspect of it, but I am really curious about how the word gentleman and pirate gets put together yes. in this book. So one other quick mention I have is my moment. Now, this is a nonfiction book and it's a, a compilation. It's not a single author book. It's 106 women on fighting for themselves. It's compiled by Kristen Chenoweth and it's essays from powerful women in a wide variety of occupations and the moments they decided to step up and fight for themselves. And so I thought that would be interesting because you're going to have a wide array of people in a wide array of positions. What was that moment that they said, you know what? Things are changing now. I like it. And I'm really curious about who they feature, and what their story is. The truth about that moment is it just doesn't happen to famous people. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people in normal lives that have that moment and say, I'm done with taking things that I shouldn't have take, and it's time to start fighting for myself. And so really books like this are less about, hey, if I learn to do that, I'll be famous like them, and more like they had that moment, and look how their life changed. If I take my moment, what can be different in my life? I think that could be an interesting thing to explore. Yeah, it's given me um, Humans of New York vibes. Oh, right. I've seen that. I have. I think it started as online, but now they, they have many books of people's stories. They just go and interview these people in New York City and around and see what their story is, their turning points of their life. And people from all over, or all different backgrounds, rather. Yeah, I, I re enjoy reading The Humans of New York Post. Uh, it'll pop up on my uh, social media. Yes, yeah. And I will read those from time to time. And I haven't read one in a while now that you mention it, so I need to. Yeah, I because I, I'm sure that they must be. I think that's 
really insightful. So I'm sure it's still going. Well, thank you for joining me, Caitlin, and I hope to have you again sometime. Good luck with your new position at Oakland. I'm sure things are going to go really well. Yes, thank you for having me. It was great. Thanks. TBR is a series of the EVPL Footnotes podcast. Please like, follow, and subscribe for more great episodes. For comments or questions, our email address is podcast at evpl.org.